Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our overgloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Hey, girl, freaking hey. How are you today? I'm good. Hang on, we gotta pause this so I can just... Uh, she's. You know what that sound is? She's on her second claw. <laughs> it's the second claw. That's the second white claw. You're drinking. Dip. You're drinking uh, white claw, and uh, you know what I'm drinking. Yeah. We, we we just yeah. we just hopped off a, an episode of uh, Behind the Smiles with Dr. Gina Dorfman, mm-hmm. where everyone was having a beverage but me, and unfortunately, I had no beverages to be. You had, pulled one of those, um, Joanne. Remember Joanne Jones? And she's like, hold on. Wait, we're having drinks? And then she like yells at her husband, Stan, Stan, Stan these the girl, girls are crazy. They're having the drinks. And she drinking. had no idea we could still hear her. She, and then she just, which is actually better than Danny, who made yeah. herself. Danny, that, who brought her own shaker of, of, of martinis, apple teenies. What is it? Chocolate martinis? No, no it was Cosmos. Cosmos. You made a Cosmo. We definitely have a lot of beverages on the show, but I, I am, I am drinking, uh, Oh, a warm prosecco that someone brought me. Um, yes, um, and I put a couple of ice cubes prosecco. in it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I was told by my um, by my dermatologist today not to have anything too hot or too cold because of my patch testing. So that's my excuse for drinking semi lukewarm prosecco. Oh, yeah. I just got a chill but thinking I'm, about I'm that. Good. It went up in my I'm good. I'm I'm living my best life. How are you? Are you really living your best life, Irene? I am always, even when I'm not living my best life, I am living my when, best when, life. It's like, it's not lupus, <laughs> but when it is lupus, it's, it's lupus, lupus, but it's, it's not, not lupus, so it's not. But, but it's not. But that's basically how I'm living. You don't have the butterfly rash. That's not true. I know a lot more about lupus than that. But what I mean is I'm expecting a butterfly rash and you don't have that. So that's why I didn't think that you had lupus. But last time our listeners tuned in, you were having your lip swollen day. Oh my Where gosh! You looked like a terrible. Kardashian. Yeah, I did. It was bad. Yeah. I, it was. It was. It was. I was. Like I don't know how. Cons- I- and it, like the problem is, I could watch. I could observe the inflammatory process like occurring throughout migrating. Yeah, like yeah. it was like this is like bad. It just keeps getting yeah. worse. I have photos on my phone, and when I look at the timestamps of when I took those pictures, it was like 11 a.m. And then by noon, it had like, like crossed my filtrum. Yeah, oh, and then yeah. by 4 p.m., it was like it was everywhere. And then the next morning, poof, gone, magically gone. Yeah, today I have some eye swelling. You probably can't tell, but it's no. Uh, actually, when you said eye swelling, it made sense because at one point when we were recording with Gina earlier, I thought you were falling asleep, but it was just that your eye was swollen. So now that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, why is she? Somebody kick her. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, wake up. Bring mom some caffeine. Bring mom some caffeine. No, it's, I mean, I'm living my, I am living my best life. Uh, this is just something that's happening currently in my best life. Yeah. But my, even my worst life is most people's good life, best life. So. Yeah. Do you ever think about I that, am, Irene? Like, I mean, because I, I was thinking about it, like last week was kind of the start for me of like a hell week where it's like I had overcommitted with all these articles, content programs. And I was just like, I'm literally, my friends call it hedgehogging 
where I like literally disappear and I just like I'm working and I'm like in my office for forever. So I send like a hedgehog emoji and they know like I'm just like leave me alone. Like I'm just going to be in my office. But then I think about it and I'm like, you know, there was a point in time when like I wanted the problems that I have right now. dreamed for this. Yeah. Like, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy with all these things. So it's like, you know, you don't want to like complain about it because like busy is like good right now. But at the same time, it's like, this is your world. This is what you're living in. And obviously like you're experiencing some stress from it. Like, I don't know. I think we just, we have to give ourselves some grace. And that's something that I'm really working on a lot this year is acknowledging, um, you know, all the things that we have to do in our day and, and, you know, taking the, the, the steps back and looking at that and saying, oh my gosh, like the end of the day, like I did my best. And, um, and I, I hope those of you listening at home, you know, feel that way when you, when you're seeing patients and all your patients are amazing. And then that one pain in the butt patient at the end of the day, just like ruins it. And you're like, well, I'm so tired of that. You know, that it's like, don't like you, we're, we're all just doing our best. We're all suiting up, treating patients during a global health crisis. Like we're just, we're doing the best we can and, um, and we're doing it together. So chins up everybody chins and claws up. You're right. You're right. It's uh, definitely a a weird state, but yeah. I've my personal philosophy now has changed. Of course, it's changed since all of this like stuff's happened yeah. with not knowing why I break out in times. But I realize that um, it's okay to say no. It's and it's mm-hmm. okay to like stand your ground a little bit and have. Uh, and push things out and and yeah. say like I, I can't commit to this right now but I can do it in x amount of weeks and most times people understand that yeah. I think we like we overly say yes and then and then you break out into hives mm-hmm. because you're trying to figure out how to get it all done but anywho yeah. I've always wanted to do more like lifestyle stuff with social media okay but that's kind of been like a yeah a hashtag goal of mine as you is should to to do some more lifestyle stuff and I realize now people are asking more mm-hmm. about like what do you use for your hair and what and I I always thought it was strange like I always thought it was like weird to ask you know what people use yeah. for their like I don't know conditioner but I find that like I want to know like I want to know I want to know what you use like I want to know what kind of hair products Katrina uses so oh. um, I've you know been approached by a few brands to do some have. more lifestyle stuff which is kind of cool I mean it's kind of interesting but Anyways, um, my philosophy is that if I can't do it myself, then I need to hire someone to be able to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to take it on. So I agree. Oh, my dogs agree, too. <laughs> so that is that is how that all works. But anywho, um, we have an episode today. We have an amazing episode. I'm super stoked for this episode, you guys. It's going to be awesome. It was it was a fun episode to record. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person that we're interviewing it aligns that it's also uh, this person also is from the same company that we've worked with quite extensively over the last year. Um, now leaning into our second year of working with Dentsply Serona, who, I mean, we sing their praises all the time because... We love their products and we love how they impact dental hygiene, how they're constantly coming up with new products and solutions for like our everyday stuff. But what I really want to say is I really, aside from liking their products and liking their stuff, I respect the people that work mm-hmm. in the company mm-hmm. and they all have very similar philosophies. Um, you know, they promote dental hygiene and they promote oral health and oral care, but they also treat people really nicely and respectfully. Mm-hmm. So. 
aside from like the 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 business side as humans the people that work there are awesome so yeah they really are and, like, and they're I, always kind in emails they, they're like that's one that's yes. one thing that i always have to say is like they're really kind in emails yes. and they're timely and they're prompt with responses and like it's always uh like a, a pleasure to just send out an email because i know i'm gonna get a, a a nice response on the other end with like you know something personal and I I notice that stuff. Do you notice that stuff? I totally do. And honestly, that's why for me, like in working with companies, and I'm sure you've been in this position, Irene, where like, you know, company, they want to work with you. They want to work with you. But it's like they don't like want to know who you are as a person. They just want you. They just want to use your social media to put their product out or whatever. Or they just want you to use your platform. I don't get that from I don't get that from a lot of people. But that's just maybe because we we choose who we work well, of course. with. And, that, and that's right. exactly it. like, and, and I don't work with those companies either, but there are companies yeah. that it's like, you don't know the first thing about me, you know, and, and, and they don't care. Dense by Serena, not only do they care, but they, they really like in the work that I've done with them most recently, they really are interested in like, how can we make the dental hygienist work easier? And that's right. what I think is so important. Like not only do they care, but they also understand that like they're a part of the solution so many of us right now are, are bombarded by sales reps that are coming in and you can see the fear in their eyes. <laughs> they got to sell these moronic, you know, and then we don't we don't have that happening here because so nobody's I mean, just walking. Like, in. We have to. Right. Well, no, like we're still in a like a lockdown situation. So I think like every 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 state or city is different. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. that might be happening for you, but it's not happening. Like here we have virtual sales oh, gotcha. reps gotcha. virtual sales meetings and stuff. But I mean, it's great. Uh, I find that I like working with them and I like working with them as humans. I guess that's the whole point of oh, my yeah. stories. As a company, they're awesome, but even like behind the scenes. So if you do get an opportunity to meet one of the DS sales reps where they introduce themselves, like we we encourage you to we encourage you to get to know them yes. as people too as opposed to like you will get more out of your sales rep if you and your sales rep are both like on this humanistic side yeah i find at least like they'll be like more inclined to like drop off some samples or like totally give you this or like tell you at a promo um, and not only that versus but- like shooing them out the door kind of thing right and and not only that but what one thing that i find quite a bit is like Sometimes we have challenges that we don't even really realize that our sales team can help us with. So like I've I've got I've talked to a lot of hygienists that are like, hey, I really want to try this type of an insert or I really want to try this high volume evacuation system. It's like then talk to your DS rep because they'll bring equipment in. They're going to let you try it. They're going to let you demo. Exactly. Like demo it. But like talk to your sales team because like they'll come in and do it. And by the way, they're also going to train you on it. That's the thing. Like high volume evac for a hygienist who's not used to in a two handed dentistry situation using high volume evac. Like you need training on that because we've been doing it this way for so long. And now we're putting a different piece of equipment in our left hand. So or our right Right. hand. So, you know, what I love is that like they support, they care. And like they're they're really here to just make things easier on us. And I. Can I, I love can I tell you a funny story? Yes, uh, I love of, your like, funny demos and stuff. stories, okay. Irene. So everyone knows from my social media that I'm obsessed with with my ProfiJet. Mm-hmm. So I clogged my ProfiJet. I did. Oh, no. I've, I've only had it for seven months, and I clogged it because, like, 
Because you use it all the time. Yeah. Right. But I'm obsessive with cleaning it. So I take the powder out every night. I run the air. So I, Mm -hmm. like, use an HVE to get all the powder out. But there's this, like, thin um, little crevice around the little nozzle Mm -hmm. part. And it's got a washer in it. So you have to take the washer Mm -hmm. out because it gets clumps in it, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess I haven't been cleaning the washer part as much as I should. I probably clean it, like, once a week. But you should be cleaning it a little bit more frequently. And then those little clumps once you run it it sucks powder out as opposed to pushes it in so it can take it i almost consider it like when a coronary artery gets clogged with a piece of plaque (laughs) so it's like little tiny pieces of plaque get stuck to the artery and then eventually it's just like you know quite some quadruple bypass bypass. (laughs) so basically my serona rep his name is tom he's awesome i like sent him an sos because we literally feel we feel naked without it like i can't I can't, yeah. I can't not have it in my operatory. I need to make the adjustment that it's not available for whatever reason. So he came in and he took it and he could sense the panic in my voice when I told him like, oh my gosh, like this has to go back. The whole cable has to be replaced. I'm such a, I can't believe I did this. So he brought me his loner Aww. and he left me his loner. Yeah. He brought me his loner like on his way home from a bunch of meetings. Wow. He had like carried it in the car and he was like, do you want me to install it for you? So I was like, no, it's okay. I can install it myself. But like, I would have never had wow. that relationship yep. with him had I not introduced myself to him and like welcomed him into the office. And fun fact, the way that I got started speaking was with a sales rep. So, yeah, so my, me too. Me too. That was how I got my start. Mm-hmm. So I worked for Invisalign for a number of years as a team trainer. And the way that I got that was through my sales rep who came into my office and wanted to know why our small little hole in the wall office was closing so many cases. And I put together this like whole like spiel that I was telling patients and like a little like almost like a little protocol that my doc knew what I was doing. And then I pitched that to the sales rep. And then the sales rep hired me to go into other offices pitching that same kind of concept. And then that ended up getting me a speaking gig with them. There you go. You never know. Use those sales reps. Gonna, they are you're gonna they are your yeah. ally for sure. And be, Irene, be nice. one thing too that you brought up that I, I just want to remind our listeners is that you're generating aerosols every hour yes. on the hour. Like you're yes. utilizing the, the Profijet, you're utilizing the Cavitron. Um, yep. You know, and and there are still many. I'm doing it safely, and you're doing I think it safely. That is the, operative word is like safely. I'm doing it safely because you're using and high volume you evacuation safely, you're, you're wearing, wearing your gown, PPE you're wearing a face shield you're wearing an N95 you're donning and doffing properly you're washing your hands your patients are maintaining hand hygiene when they come in right. and out of your op they don't bring their stuff in my operatory they don't bring their jackets right. I put everything in a plastic bin outside of the op and it gets locked so nothing that you need you can bring your phone Same. you stick it in your pocket That's safety and, and like you bring your mask, you put it in your pocket, and you don't touch it till you're ready to leave. Like, none of this, like, I'm going to bring my iPad in there and no. flip-flop through the channels of Netflix. Like, if you do things safely, then and that's just my philosophy. And in, in tandem with that, there was just an article that was released on the 25th of February from the Journal of Dental Hygiene, released by the ADHA, that actually came out with the comparative study about the safety of dental hygienists um, treating dental patients during a global health crisis. So we all remember that when the um, you know Department of Health and Human Services and OSHA kind um, kind of released these pieces of information about how the dental hygienist was at the highest high risk, risk right. because of 
the fact that our patients have to take their mask off for our procedures. We are generating aerosols in many states, you know, in, in um, you know, Toronto, yeah. here in Arizona, we are. Um, so you're generating aerosols for an extended period of time and you're in close proximity to that patient. That's why they said, you know, you're at elevated risk. Well, now this new research study that literally just came out a few, uh, just a week ago, um, actually says that the rate of transmission of disease across dental hygienists is minimal at best. 99% right. of dental hygienists report that since the pandemic has happened, their particular office has increased their infection control standards. Yeah. Probably, quite honestly, to the way that they should have been from an initial standpoint. Like, we <laughs> right. should have been using high volume evac with our instrumentation for a long time. Now we're finally stepping into following those guidelines. And the reality becomes if we safely deliver this care, we are protected and our patients are protected. And at the end of the day, again, that's what all this is about. So reach out to your DS right. rep really get the information that you need because at the end of the day, we know mechanized scaling reduces the amount of time that you have to spend scaling your patient by about uh, 27 to 30%, you know, and, and, and all those things are really important when it comes to managing your patient care. So check it out, uh, contact your local DS rep, tell them, tell them that uh, Katrina and Irene Irene sent you. I would, I would, uh, I would be surprised if like every hygienist that was listening to this could name off their sales reps for whatever company. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not a thing that they don't like sales reps don't come into the office saying, I'd like to speak to the hygienist. They normally come in saying, I'd like to speak to the doctor Mm -hmm. or whoever does the ordering. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe that could be like a little bit of a paradigm shift too. that like, to get to the person that does the ordering, you've got to sell it to the people that are using the equipment too. Yeah. Like I, I mean, that might be an opportunity for dental hygienists to be a little bit more involved too. So I guess it goes both ways. If any sales reps are listening, you know, yeah. ask ask for everyone. Ask, yeah. Don't just talk like ask us. for the the doctor. We want to talk. We want to talk to you too. So talk. with that, we are interviewing mm-hmm. uh, Renee Graham, yes. who is a hygienist who works for DS, um, and she's in a new role now. She is called the education manager, correct? Yes. For DS. So she is the person that's involved in any CE event that comes your way, anything that you see kind of on on the social media front of promotion webinars. She's the person that helps kind of coordinate all of that. So like super big shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. And she does it beautifully. Um, she, she does. And she comes with a wealth of knowledge and decades of experience. Um, and she shares a really great story of humble beginnings and how she got into dental hygiene altogether by being like positively influenced by her hygienist when she yeah. was a kid, and which was a really sweet story. And I wonder if if that hygienist like. What does even knows even knows yeah, the, that how the, big of an impact yeah. she had on her like I don't know I find it kind of fascinating yeah and super cool yeah but anyway so here's the episode with Renee Graham and we will catch you on the flip side on the flippity flip Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, Peeps, with your favorite peeps, Irene 
and Katrina. Hello, friend. How are you, hey, you girl, beautiful hey. little little ginger snap? You hi. hi, hi. How are you today? Are you having a Are you having a good day, Irene? Irene. I'm having a good day. I'm living my best life. You are? I'm, I'm just here, you know. You are in the North Pole, drinking Not freezing up. Drinking That's tea. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drinking your tea, drinking, drinking the tea. tea, you know, doing my thing. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I am good. I'm happy. And I'm good. And life is good. Yeah. Um, and you're the guest today. I'm so, Irene, I'm so excited for this guest. Are you excited? Let, yes. I have Let never me, met our, I've never met our guest before, but I know okay. about her. Let me tell you why I'm so excited all of for the things that I read on, 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 on all of the magazines, our age magazines. Like yes. Speakers done a million different things. Um, She's everywhere, but let me tell you why I'm excited here in Canada with me right now. She's not with you in Canada, but let me tell you. Okay. So a few things. Okay. First of all, she is amazing. If you've ever had the pleasure of hearing her speak, she like knows all of the things and can unpack in a way that people just understand. She is such a kind soul. She's funny. She's bright. She's talented. But she also has the most sultry voice. And I've told her this. Every time I see her, I say, you need to start your own podcast where you just read bedtime stories to people because I would just listen to it. Like she has the best voice and I love it. I can't wait to sit and listen to it during this episode. So cute. It's going to be great. And our guest is Renee Graham in the house, in the Tooth Life house, in the Tooth Dare podcast house. What is up? Madam Graham. Oh, it is awesome being here. Thank you so much for the introduction. Thank you so much for the invite. I am excited to share the world with our podcast audience. Oh, so good. So So good. Katrina, Katrina knows you and has met you in real human form. I have yet to, I was, I wanted to meet you, um, at the train, the trainer event in Charlotte. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately our borders were, were shut down and I was not allowed to travel. So hopefully that, mm-hmm. you know, event gets rescheduled for another point in time when reality kind of goes back to what it once was. And all of this, we're in sh- lockdown again now in Toronto. It's just, it's all over the place. Um, mm. So I, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, but I've heard so many amazing things about you and I'm very excited Um to learn a little bit about you and about kind of your career path. And I think, you know, most people ask like, what are the topics that you discuss on our podcast? And it's kind of a, an evolution of the human that we interview. And we want to know a little bit about you and um, you know, where, where you grew up and, and what kind of passions you had before you went into dentistry and, and how your career has evolved in, in the event that someone that's listening, you know, might be interested in, following along in your footsteps as I'm sure many people probably already have. Uh, Katrina. Yeah. You, she raises no, I'm just saying, I want to be Renee Graham when I grow up. Listen, <laughs> That's what I want. You guys are totally awesome on your own. You don't need Renee Graham for that. But oh. it's true. You're on my vision board. Just like a little mini Renee Graham is sitting there. Like one of oh. these days I'll be as cool yes. as Renee Graham. So tell, tell us a little bit about, about you. Like, where did it start? Let's, let's go back take us to back. like take us elementary back. school. When did you lose your first tooth and what was that like? Tell us, oh, tell us the way back, way back. You know what? Let's start with 
a little uh, something that I read today on leadership. And uh, it's ironic that you asked me, you said, what's your story? So if you look at the female lead, today's saying is one day you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you've been going through. And now it will be, become someone else's survival guide. And I really believe that. I had influence at the age of 13. Family was extremely financially compromised uh, to the point where um, all monies went to medical assistance for uh, my sister, who has uh, quite a bit of medical issues. And so I was a very compliant child. My parents would say, go brush your teeth. I did the 30-second, 20-second scrub method and, you know, did everything I was supposed to do. So, of course, what takes me to the dentist? Toothache. So I go, and this beautiful lady, and I hope she hears this podcast. Her name is Dottie Pitts. And Dottie introduced me to the world of hygiene through her kindness, through her heart, and through her actions. Uh, when I went uh, and, again, had a toothache, one of the first things was to have my teeth cleaned. Dottie did not ever treat me or my family, like we were from the other side and that we were compromised financially and we didn't have the things that other kids would have. Um, and so when I look at this lady, I immediately said to myself, because of her gentleness and because of her kindness, and, you know, it's the first time I had heard about a modified bass technique with a 45 mm -hmm. degree angle at age 13. And I'm like, when I grow up, I'm going to be Dottie Pitts. I want to be a hygienist. And so the first one to graduate from high school, the first one to graduate from college, the first wow. one to set that example for my family. And uh, I have a son who is 38, who's a pharmaceutical rep, very successful with four beautiful children. And I do have a mini me. I have a daughter who is a dentist now. I'm a hygienist, very proud hygienist. And uh, so Rebecca is a dentist practicing in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, so I look back and I had the opportunity to publicly thank Dottie Pitts for instilling in me. And I knew, I knew that when I went into this profession that I wanted to make a difference. So I walked dogs, I cleaned bird cages, I babysat, I cleaned houses, and I went to... Uh, hygiene school and it was a two-year hygiene school and I knew that I had found the love of my life we've been married uh over 41 years oh yes he's wow. put up with me for 41 years but he said to me after our daughter graduated from dental school she said he said didn't you ever want to be a dentist and I said no I've wanted the knowledge that a dentist has, but my heart 
is in dental hygiene. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a dental dental hygienist almost 42 years. And because I was so hungry for more and more knowledge, I kept going back to school and I got a curriculum uh, an education degree and then a curriculum specialist degree and just just so proud of of what the world has given me through the world of education. Renee, you don't look That's old enough to I know. Have practice for 42 right? years. Like, yes. <laughs> you, I am aging. I'm looking at you and I'm looking at me because we're side by side on this Zoom screen. And I'm like, damn, Renee looks good. I look really bad. Girl, I would like to say that I'm 29, but I'm 29, 39, 49, 59. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, that's a wonderful story. Did you ever get a chance to tell your, your, I guess, uh, she was a mentor, mentor, but she was a she was your muse. uh, Your inspo. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get to tell Dottie? I did. Let me tell you. Um, like, how old would Dottie be now? Dottie is in her 80s, and she oh. just quit practicing a few what? years ago. Yes. Wow. Yes. And uh, just like I said, extremely beautiful outside, beautiful inside. Uh, just a sweet, sweet mentor. Well, part of my opportunities in life is I practiced private practice for 19 years. And then I was department head at our local uh, college and university for dental hygiene. And Dottie was on my advisory committee. Hmm. So the very first, the very first pinning ceremony that we had I asked uh, in front of the audience, uh, I asked Dottie if she would stand up and I did publicly thank her. And I told the story of how she influenced me. And um, yeah. And so for the longest time, Dottie and I, years ago, Dottie and I used to meet at the track in town at 4.30 in the morning. Now, Dottie would run circles around me, and I did all the walking. I could get my my miles in, but she would run, and then on the next lap, she'd walk with me, and then she'd run some more, and I'm like waving. (laughs) But I was a part of a group who... um, you know, I would say the average age at that time, 4.30 in the morning, there was probably 20, 25 of us. And the average age was probably 60 years of age at that time. Mm, that so, hour is ungodly. I, Irene, 4.30 <laughs> in the morning is, um, that's like six hours before you wake up. I just want to give you like kind of a time frame <laughs> on that. And it's also an hour after you've gone to bed. So yeah. just so that you know Look, what when, that is. When I don't is, know if I you've feel like, seen. I feel like I haven't even gotten into REM sleep at, I that, at that hour. <laughs> I don't think you've seen 4.30 in the morning. So I wanted to describe what that is for you so that yeah, you knew. Thank you. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. I need, I need, a, I need a visual. If you can send me a photo <laughs> of it too, like next time you're up at 4.30, just like send me a screenshot of the Graham, send it over. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> remember i did say this was years ago oh, okay mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes so gotcha. but yes i did have the opportunity to thank Dottie pitts and to this day she is still such 
uh, an icon in our area. And um, just like I said, I cannot thank her enough Mm. for instilling in me that, um, you know, what I have become and where my life has taken me all because at age 13, she did not treat me or anyone else any differently. Wow. That's so special. And, you know, Renee, I I know that Dottie is so proud of you and the things that you've done. I mean, she has to be, you're incredible. And that, that I think reminds our audience, everybody listening, wherever you're, most of our audience listens to this podcast in the car, driving to work in the morning. So those of you who are driving to work in the morning and, you know, maybe you're tired, you've got your scrubs on. It's like, Oh, I got another day full of patients. Remember that every patient that sits in your chair, you have the opportunity to, to influence and inspire them just like Dottie has, that there are people that are going to sit in your chair and the work that you do um, is going to really bring a, a sense of community and, and inspire them. So that what a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing that, Renee. That's so special. Absolutely. Let's talk about the evolution of dental hygiene. I think that's a good, a good place to kind of add that in. Let's talk about what you remember. This is a question that I ask every single new patient, every single new patient that sets foot in my operatory. I ask them, tell me about what you remember about your last cleaning. And what do you remember? What sounds, what smells, what types of tools did they use? And what do you remember about that experience? And most of the time it's like, Oh, you know, it was just the picks and the, and the floss and the, the the paste (laughs) and the stuff that tasted not so good. So they don't really remember a whole lot, but Um, if they do, then I really want to know what they like and what they don't like. And then how, you know, the, the bar is so low, like these new patients come in and the bar is like, I just have to step over it. And one patient today, I put Vaseline on everyone's lips. As soon as they lay down, I put the bib on them. I give them safety glasses. And then I just take a Q-tip and put some Vaseline on their lips because their lips are always dry. And that was the bar for this one guy today. It was me putting Vaseline on his lips. He's like, it's already a better, better experience. Vaseline. Wow. That's that amazing. It. And I'm curious in your experience as a clinician of 42 years, I mean, you've seen a lot of evolution of dental hygiene. You've seen a lot of evolution of equipment working with Dentsplice Serona, uh, your travels internationally. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've seen from, from country to country and continent to continent and difference in standard of practice and care. What do you remember from your appointments with Dottie? And then how has that evolved to what you know today as like the gold standards? The thing that stands out in my mind is the fact that everyone was stained up Mm. with disclosing solution. And it wasn't for the hygienist. Of course, we know that it was for the patient. And in looking at what I know today compared to what it was yesterday, I felt that it was a shame factor only to realize it's an educational tool. And she would use terms such as perhaps if you turn your hand this way or Mm. consider doing this. Mm. And so the positive of it was I don't remember a lot as far as the quote, quote, picking 
I remember the educational component of it. And I remember asking her, how did you get to do this? I didn't understand the difference between the job and a profession and a career. So, Dottie, how did you how did you get to do this job? And she talked about going to school in Florida. And so I knew to break the cycle of poverty, I had to have an education. And I knew that I had to be the one to create that. So age 16, I started volunteering in this office for Dr. Bill Thomas, where Dottie worked. The first thing that I remember was the smell of eugenol. Mm. Mm. And the second thing I remember is when I love, I, I love the smell of eugenol. You it's do? Like, it's like clothes. No, 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 no. no. I do. I love no, it. My, my favorite is endo ice. That's my favorite smell in the no. office. Oh, no. My favorite was probably food, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. But the second thing is that back when we used amalgams and amalgamators and you mixed your mercury and your non-precious metals, um, I dropped the mercury and the amalgamator was on and there was mercury bouncing every, yes, yes. So I thought, okay, maybe this is not what I need to do. And very lovingly, they invited me back (laughs) after I had to clean the mess up. And again, I just knew this was the world that I wanted to make a living in and make a difference in. So my first, um, yeah, between me having uh, my profi and my education of, uh, the lifespan of a tooth. And then the first time I started practicing as a hygienist into the first time I practiced as an educator and the first time I practiced as a clinical educator. And now my new role is professional relations and education manager. And these things, my experiences has led up to this great opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. And, and you said something earlier um, that really resonated that I, I really want to kind of unpack a little bit here in this episode. And that is the difference between this is my job mm-hmm. versus this is our profession. And I think there are so many layers to that. You, you had mentioned something that I think is such, such a, um, such a poignant piece about that in how Hygienists, for example, can communicate with their patients instead of using these tools that we have as the shame factor. And you're so right in that. It's not a shame piece. It's an educational piece. And it allows us to show our patients and then guide our treatment planning accordingly. But the way that we unpack that, the way that we share that with our patients, the verbiage that we use, the intonation in our voice, the consider this. What if you were to try this? What are your thoughts on this? It's collaborative instead of, I'm going to tell you. Exactly, which I absolutely love. So really, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that there are opportunities for us as clinicians to really look at some of the things that we're doing in our clinical practice 
that maybe are a departure from that, that maybe we don't know. Do you know what I mean? That there are things that we say or do in the operatory that maybe are not in direct alignment with us being professionals that are supportive, collaborative, and educational. Um, So what are some other things that, that if you could wave a magic wand and create or instill some change within the hygiene profession, things that hygienists do that maybe categorize us as this is my job versus this is my profession. What are some things that you'd like to see done differently? I would love to see an attitude of giving because when we go to a job, that is something that you get up, get dressed, show up with wet hair, um, you show up with um, yesterday's woes and today's problems. And that's a job. When you invest the love, the time, the money, the effort, the dedication into where you're going, where you want your life to be five years from now, 20 Mm -hmm. years, you know. Uh, So when you're looking at the profession, can you live within that capacity of what gives you hope and joy? And of course, the finances that you need to carry on in your life. But when you take this profession to a whole new level and you're making it your career, You know, we think about military people giving their lives forever, for 20 years, 30 years, where they've given and given and given. We do that in the dental battlefield of Mm -hmm. preventing diseases that are tied into systemic issues. And so, you know, when you're looking at do you want a job or do you want a profession or do you want a career? Where do you want to be in your life of what you're giving back to society? Hmm. I love that. I think, yeah, I love that too. And I see and I see a lot of stuff on Facebook. That's where I mm-hmm. that's where I get my gossip from. I get my gossip from Facebook from the from the <laughs> RDH the Facebook is. groups. If anyone's listening to this from the RDH Facebook groups, I'm using your info as gossip. So I, I feel like yeah, it's really difficult for for people to find mentors or someone to look up yeah. to that can lead them into how to shift from a clock in, clock out type of job to uh, invested in the lives of the patients type of career. And I, I mean, I think like we work with a lot of people that do a little bit of both. If you work in a practice and there's three mm-hmm. or four hygienists, like there might be that one superstar hygienist that really cares about the patients and, you know, remembers their names and where their kids go to school and what they did last summer. And, you know, they're, they're invested in the lives and the evolution of these little humans that come in that turn into big humans. And then there's the ones that are like, well, no, you can't schedule a patient through my lunch. I must have my lunch at noon and I must do this and I must do that. Um, And like where, who, how, how do we go from that to the other? Um, Is it, is it teachable or is it just something that you're born with? I think it's uh, you bring into it teachable. Is it, 
teachable? Is it exemplified through examples? Absolutely. But, you know, when I talk about the influence that I had, the most beautiful aspect of this is this lady had no idea that she influenced me into Mm. a position. She leveraged me through her actions to a position that I could have a family and a nice home and uh, friends that, um, you know, when you look at where we are in society, I think being humble mm-hmm. is probably the greatest gift that anyone could give someone else and being the influence and the mentor without knowing it. But can you teach it? No. Can you set that example? Can you set that want to? And like you said, Irene, where you're setting that bar to a standard that's higher than just one step where we're constantly reaching and and, uh, achieving a better outcome for what we're, what's that return of investment? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're so right. And, and what I love, what I love about what you said about that is the fact that it's your vision and it's what you see. So, um, I, I, I get it. I actually posted something on Instagram yesterday where I kind of made a list of the common grievances that we as hygienists experience in our day, like patients that show up late and have to use the restroom, right. (laughs) Or the patient that like takes their shoes off before they get in your chair. Like, why do you take your shoes off? And then they don't know how to sit in the chair. Like they're all hunched in like spina bifida, like all weird. And you're like, why are you sitting like that in the chair? Or the patients that refuse x-rays and refuse fluoride and on and on and on and all these grievances. And it's, I had, I mean, a litany of hygienists that were like, absolutely, this is what we experience. But is that it though? Because I think when our love tanks are so empty across our profession, and then you show up to work and you're so drained. And then every patient is like, oh, now you need an FMX and you need, uh," you know, and all these things, it makes it so hard to step out of that and go, but I'm a professional woman, right? You know, I, I have something real important to say about that because I, uh, I was one of those humans that would get pissed off when someone came 10 minutes late and took out of my time. Um, and the problem that I have now narrowed it down to is that I was a regulated healthcare professional with my own license but my treatment was being dictated by somebody else. I worked yes. for a dentist. I worked for many dentists, but I worked for a dentist under the dentist's roof. And based on that analogy, it's like, you live under my roof, you're going to play by my rules. Um, mm-hmm. So I never felt like I was invested in the business because I was always being dictated what to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that way at all now. I, I, I feel like these patients are my people. They're my humans. They come to my office and and what I say goes, and I say it in a nice way and in a convincing way, in an educational way. Like I don't force things upon them, but I, I feel like once you take a little bit more of that autonomy back from mm-hmm. not allowing someone else to make the decisions for you on your treatment um, and explaining your case a little more like, yeah, doc, you know, we didn't do very much scaling today. We sat for an hour and we talked for 30 minutes and I only scaled for 30 minutes, but it's 
person's coming back for two more visits of SRP. So I could have busted my butt and done a crappy job today, or I could have booked two more SRP appointments and this person's going to come back and we're going to make probably $1,000 more. So it's up to you. Do you want me to be invested and help these patients through to the next visit? Or do you want me to just to be a factory and go in and go out? So I think a lot of it has to do with um, building enough courage inside your soul and your heart to feel Mm -hmm. so passionate for a profession that you can speak up for yourself, not only to your docs, but also to the other hygienists that work there because you know, three of us could work in the same office and the three of us can do things very differently. It doesn't mean that someone's doing it right or wrong. So mm-hmm. it's, how do we build that confidence? That's, mm. the, that's the part. Is it time? Is it practice? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said investment. When we invest in the patient, the patient invests in the treatment. Sometimes patients don't need, quote, quote, just a cleaning. Mm. They need listening to, they need a friend, they need guidance. Because when you work in a practice where the doc walks in and the doctor says, you need four quads of scaling and root planning, you need a root canal, you need this, you need that. The doctor walks out of the operatory. What does the patient do? They look at you and they say, do I really need that? Exactly. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What would you do? Mm -hmm. Plus, we have where insurance dictates what treatment should be. Now, if your car needs four new tires, you're not going to ignore that. If your car needs an oil change twice a year every 3,000 miles, whatever it is, you're not going to ignore that. One thing that I enjoyed doing when I was the hygienist um, in private practice, and I worked for a periodontist, I had one-liners. And I would put my one-liners, one in the reception room, not a waiting room. We don't want them waiting. It's where uh, we want a reception room. And I put the same question in my operatory, but I put the answer on the ceiling so that mm. when they would lean back, they had something to look at. And my one-liner might be, ask me about x-rays, ask me about bottled water, ask me about fluoride varnish, ask me about modified baths, ask me about, or did you know? Hmm. And so these one-liners would be part of my therapy, or my one-liners would be part of the educational, ask me about the red stuff. Mm -hmm. Why do I need the red stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so this would start a conversation and it would start a trust. It would start an interest. So, yeah, the, it's like you said, that investment that we have. And I, I would leave these signs up probably two or three months and then change them out because a new patients would be uh, coming back in and would want something new or different. But yeah. Cool. That's an interesting That's idea. That's really awesome. And I, I love that because I think, um, you know, the, the hygienists that listen to this podcast, and again, they're probably driving to work right now, you know, we're always looking for ideas or ways to 
not only be more involved in our patient care, but also to utilize our creativity or to really put our stamp on our work. And, you know, Irene said it beautifully. How do we instill that confidence? It's taking ownership, right? So when I work clinically, like this is my column. These are my patients. They trust me. And what you've done is you've taken a a really cool way of helping to communicate things to patients where it's like, these are my one-liners and everyone I'm sure got really excited to come into their, (laughs) to their hygiene visit and see what Renee's one-liners were going to be this week. Exactly. Exactly. But like I said, you know, one-liners and then the answer on the ceiling to Mm. give them, you know, something to look at besides just a light. I love the that. Bugs in the lights. Oh gosh, gross. I know. Oh, Can you imagine? No. So I want to ask this and I, um, and I want to, I want to be kind and respectful about this, but um, because I'm, I'm super duper curious about it. I want to know, because you, you said you were faculty, you, so you taught dental hygiene and I really want to know um, you are one of my absolute favorite seasoned hygienists. Um, what was it like going through hygiene school at the time that you did? And what are some of the things that are so dynamically different from when you went to hygiene school versus some of the things that you saw when you were faculty? Um, I, I just, I want to know. I want to know what, what that was like. The non-gender. The gender where every hygiene uh, class around me, before me, after me, as a student, were females. Okay. And so when you look at my daughter has two male hygienists who work for her. And I think that is absolutely awesome. She gives them the autonomy to do what she needs or what they need to do. Um, and they treat her like a million dollars of respect. And so I think, um, you know, when we, when I was in school, it's don't do as I do, but do as I say do. And I I remember my faculty member walking by, I was standing in front of a vending machine and the faculty member walked by, never broke a stride and said, you'd be a lot cuter if you'd lay off the sweets. What? Yes. So said that to you? A female doctor said that to me. And wow. I thought, he said, yeah. you could lose weight if you would lay, lay off the vending machines. And I thought at the end of my education, of my hygiene education, I got the faculty award. And she said that. She said, I knew how to promote you to a better, healthy lifestyle. Well, it, it, it did influence me. It made me mad enough mm-hmm. to prove that I could be healthy. I could lose weight. So these people, uh, evidently, I've got the type of personality that I'm pretty readable. I'm, I'm, um, That's uh, so crazy. If I were to say that to my students now, oh, oh, you would you would be fired. By the, <laughs> oh my god, oh, yeah. for sure. I would oh, be yeah. on the news. Like I would be You'd be on every heart. Yes. I you gotta remember this is 40. Well, I've been practicing 
41 years, so 43 years ago. Yeah, 43 years mm. ago. That was, right. so lots yeah. changed. Oh, no. So much has changed. So much has changed. Do you, do you remember, um, what was the biggest piece of technology that you remember starting to use? And uh, how, how easily did you implement I used that? A, I used a rectangular collimator for taking x-rays. That's what I grew up on. I actually had a cone shaped only for a little short period of time. Then I went to the doctor, got a a new x-ray machine and went to a rectangular collimator, loved it. And um, so the biggest changes is we did not wear PPEs. I had my own goggles because back in the 70s the glasses were so big that they cover the majority of your face but um yeah uh, no gloves no mask uh i had glasses again because i needed to mm. see we didn't have the loops back then right uh so the transition of going from not only protecting the patient, but protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. We now have, and the young lady I was trying to think of a while ago in Canada, Sherry Wu, who has really implemented a lot of ergonomics into what we're doing in today's time. And so we think about HVE of today, you know, we use saliva ejectors yesterday, so to speak, and people are thinking that the HVE is a new device. It isn't, okay? HVE, the uh, CDC had recommendations years and years ago that the recommendation is that we should use an HVE because of how it draws in and uh, protects us. Well, in today's time, students who are graduated that it's been mandated that you use an HVE, they have no problem adapting to it. Mm -hmm. It's those of us who have been practicing for 40 something years, 41 years, and we're looking at, oh my, what do we do with this thing? I don't have enough hands. <laughs> I don't have enough hands. But again, when you look at where we are in teaching and the technology, uh, you know, we've gone from D speed film to e-speed, which was taken off the market, then we had F, and then we went to phosphor plates, and now we're at sensors. And again, those of us who learned radiology yesterday on film, if you're not taught that there are nuances with digital radiography that's different, it is not the same placement film And phosphor plates are the same, but film phosphor plates going to your sensor, that's Mm -hmm. two different placements. So these are the things that I've seen, you know, the from the PPEs to the radiology to where we are with implants Mm. today. So much evolution, I feel like. Let's fast forward to the human that you are today and the huge role that you have. Yes. in 
and and I think you you don't even realize how much power you have in educating the future of dental hygiene. I mean, anyone that you put up on a on a podium or in a webinar or even allow to write an article, um, that person is able to then like you know rainbow effect share their knowledge with the future of dental hygiene, and that's those are huge shoes to fill and a huge role to have. And how do you stay so humble? And how do you stay so calm and level-headed? And how do you take that role, um, obviously not lightly, um, to, to, to have such a huge effect on the future of our, our profession? And by the way, before, we, before you answer this question, Renee, would you clarify what specifically that role is so that our audience understands really what it is that you are doing right now with your education and your experience? I am a um, profession relations and education manager. So I work with KOLs, which are key opinion leaders for speaking engagements, writing articles, uh, working to promote today's dental hygiene and today's dentistry. I've, I've been so blessed. And if I could give you three D's to help you in life, you know, a hygienist cannot diagnose, but we can diagnose our dedication. We can diagnose the development of who we are and where we want to be. Set your goals, be determined to take the baby steps to get you to the destiny of where you need to be and where you want to be. That's the, that's the title of our episode right there. Three I love D, it. The three D's of dental hygiene with Renee Graham. Three D. <laughs> three so D. good. Wow. Goosebumps. And it's not just I know. from the hives. <laughs> I know. I was just going to say, are those hives or are those really goosebumps, no, Irene? You don't for know. Real, for real. Wow. Wow. So, so amazing. I mean, absolutely. This inspiration, like, are, are you guys just like driving to work this morning? Like, yes, I'm going to do it. Like, I feel so good. <laughs> and the fourth Roll D is dentistry. And yes. just yell out the word. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We oh, love man. that. Renee, you're the you're best. Amazing. This has been so good. And I, I love your insight on everything. You, what you've done is you've reminded us that this is not just a job. It's not a career. It's, it's your profession. And this is what we're doing uh, day in and day out. Chins up, you know, out there for everybody who's working tirelessly through mm-hmm. this global health crisis and doing it with grace. It's not glamorous, but you know what? Uh, this is the good work that we're called and compelled to do. And Thank you so much to Dottie for being such a catalyst for so much of this. She's amazing. And we send our love to her. (laughs) Well, Renee, thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate your very, very generous, your generosity and sharing your time and your wisdom with us. And we're so grateful to have you. And um, I don't know if you know this, but we're called the Tooth or Dare podcast for a reason. Oh, so at the end of every episode, you didn't do your homework. Oh, I thought we were going to get away from this. The end of every episode, Katrina and I will do a a rock, paper, scissors. And the loser of the rock, paper, scissors gets to go up against you. 
you get to decide whether you would like to accept a tooth or a dare or dish out a tooth or a dare to the loser. So you think about that. You don't have to decide this very moment. Think about that while Katrina and I get ready for this rock, paper, scissors. And in the meantime, the rest of you peeps need to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist. Um, Renee, where can people reach out to you if they'd like to reach out for you? Are you on Insta? Are you on Facebook? Where, where can they find I'm you? I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Please feel free to reach out. You've got it. All of her details will be linked in the description okay. below if you want to reach out to Renee. Um, ready, friend? Let's do this. Okay. I'm so ready. Okay. Ready? Yes. Rock. Rock. Paper. paper scissors. scissors. Shoot. I beat you. Oh my you. gosh, Irene. I won. You're like, you're on a winning streak lately. I would like this to is thank so the crazy. Academy. <laughs> this is so All weird. All right, Renee, it's you and I, girl. Um, Wait, would, right. would you like to it's, accept? No, 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 no. I did. Uh, you oh, did rock. loser. Sorry. Did, yeah, you lose. Go for it. Am Sorry. I, do I understand rock, yeah. paper, scissors correctly? You got it right. You got it right. Um, okay. Renee and, and Katrina, you guys are up against one another. Renee, would you like to accept a tooth or a dare or dish out a tooth or a dare? I'm going to be a player. I'm going to accept it. Would you like to accept a tooth or a dare? Oh, a tooth right now. A tooth, a tooth right, right now. now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Make All it right. juicy. Make it juicy, girl. Juicy. Like a, like a, like a Georgia peach. Hey. Just a juicy Georgia, Georgia peach. peach. <laughs> Renee Graham. <clears throat> yes, Katrina Sanders. You get to pick five hygienists to create the new paradigm for hygiene. So you get to pick five hygienists who are going to be a part of this, and they can be alive. They can already be hygienists that have passed, but you get an army of five hygienists who are going to move the hygiene profession forward and storm the Capitol and tell these doctors that we want to start diagnosing disease. We want to start being able to deliver local anesthesia in every state. Who are the five hygienists that are standing behind you? Oh, she's building a team. I'm building a team. And of course, I am going to start with Katrina Sanders. I'm going to start with Irene. I'm going to start with... Dr. Joy Void Holmes. Yeah, Dr. Joy. Yes. Yes, I am going to start with uh, my fourth hygienist is going to be a young lady by the name of Amy Barnes. Amy Barnes. Amy Barnes out of Vidalia, Georgia, just graduated with her master's in education Super, super young lady. I'm going to go with six. I'm going to surpass that too. My Dottie Pitts is also Dottie Pitts. Dottie, get on there, Dottie. Get it, girl. (laughs) And I'm going to work with a young lady by the name of Margaret Fraley, who has worked with me every step of the way from private practice. I hired her at the college and she has recently retired. So Mm. those are my team players. I have people from all over that we can bring a mixture in and change the world. I love it. I love that. Oh, that's so good. good Truth, Katrina. That was a good truth. But my, what I was going to do was you get to punch one dental hygienist in the face. (laughs) Good shoes. And I decided not to do that. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Who can I punch in the face? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks. Stay humble with that. And then say, there you go. go. (laughs) Um, One last story. Sure. Age 90, age 97. My grandmother was still going strong, enjoying life. And she believed in truth or dare. And she would tell you exactly how things were as long as you would conclude the sentence, honey, you're just too fat for that dress. Bless your little heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) Everything we do, if you're punching someone, make sure that you conclude with bless your little heart. Oh, I think that's going to be the new thing now. We're going to do bless your little heart. Oh, Absolutely. I love that. So Ladies, good. have a wonderful night. Thank this you was awesome. so much. Thank, Thank you, so much. you so much. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in yes. to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast. We appreciate you all. Uh, make sure to leave us a little five star review b- below and follow us on uh, Instagram at tooth or dare dot podcast. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. Until next time, peace out, peeps. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. So good. So it was well so done. good. Thank you, yeah. everybody. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Too bad we couldn't do this in real life as we had I planned. Know. But I know. next time, I'm sure it'll happen again. We'll get there. Wait. We will. We'll I'm get sure there. you guys will have to come and visit the new Densply Serona Educational Facility here in, in Canada, which yeah. is in Toronto. So yeah. if I don't get to come to you, maybe you get to come to me. Yeah, oh, so good. And we can have some fun it. at the Tooth Life Studio. You guys can all clean my teeth. We can play with my fun oh instruments. My They're just great. We'll bring Lou awesome. here. Bring oh, Lou. Yeah. Bring Lou. <laughs> okay, great. everyone. I'm gonna go home to my son, my little yes. poodle, and my husband. Um, yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good night. Bye, Bye, you guys. Bye, good Renee. Night. Bye. Love you. You're amazing. And we're back. We're back on the flippity we're flip, the Katrina. Flip, from the flippity flip. <laughs> I can never get it right. Where are we? Where are we? Which side, side of the flippity flip are we? What side of the flip are we? Oh, man. Um, there you go. Well, that was that was a fun episode yeah. with Renee Graham. Love that journey for us. I love her accent. I know. That's what I keep saying. Like, she needs to start her little podcast where she just reads, she like, does. bedtime stories. Like, just read me Harry Potter. That's all I want. I know. <laughs> I know. She's got uh, a crazy, she's got more experience than the two of us combined. Yeah. She, but 39 years of knowledge and, yeah. um, and just, and she's been working, she's been working with DS with Densply Serona since 2007, which is the year that I graduated. Yep, so she's too. been with them for 14 years and she still has the same layer of passion. And I think that's, what's really important yeah. is that it's like, as you continue to grow in this profession, like she still absolutely loves every layer of the work that we do. Obviously not every day is amazing, but she still loves it. And uh, she can speak about that passion and it just like oozes from her when she talks about it, which is really exciting. And I think it makes other people want to be better clinicians because of that, which is really exciting. So um, thank you, Renee. Um, And thank you to Dense by Serona for letting us borrow her for a hot minute so that we could talk all things dentistry and dental hygiene. It was awesome. 
Yep. Speaking of dentistry and dental hygiene, um, I posted something on my social media this week about using right and left inserts, which I They're have key. voiced before that I believe this is an I believe moment. Okay. I believe Katrina has I believe moments. Do I really? Oh, yeah. Your whole like RDH under one roof last year was I believe. I believe. And it's then I true. was in the audience. In the audience, I was like, I also believe. I'm in alignment with those beliefs. <laughs> I believe with you. Uh, I believe that the I believe that the right and left inserts are the most underutilized and also Agreed. the most uh, incorrectly yes. used ultrasonic know, tips on the face of the earth. No, they're just like, oh, cool. I use the front side of it, right? I like hug it around the tooth. Um, so I posted something on my social media on Monday mm-hmm. about it. So check go it out, check you guys. that out. And there's something really interesting that in my story, in my highlights, it's a little bit further back, but there's a little highlight called DS. And I went to a lecture um, by shouts to Danny, ultrasonic coach, who we've interviewed in the past. She's so she funny. Was, she's freaking hilarious. <laughs> we gotta bring her back on, by the way. She's <laughs> she's Megas Martinis in real life. I she, I went to a lecture. It was actually the last flight that I took pre-COVID. Hmm. I went to Ottawa where she was speaking because of this exact thing. Like I knew my office was opening, and I I was I wasn't confident in my ultrasonic skills because I had been using them. Um, uninterrupted for so long without like an additional piece of education Mm -hmm. so like I went to a bunch of C courses then I was like okay I'm fine I'm a master at them um so I went and I heard her speak Mm -hmm. and I took away a lot of really information really useful information that's in those highlights Mm -hmm. so basically like what part of your ultrasonic insert to use uh, and then what areas to use them on, because basically we use whatever is put on our tray and then we're like, OK, yeah. cool, this is it. Yeah. Um, so I use like five or six different inserts throughout an appointment. Like, yeah. But you know what? Not five or six, but probably like three or four at least. Yes. And you know what? Here's um, that. I, and I do, too. Irene, I, yeah. I would say I do, too. But you work in perio, so it's like it's expected that in perio. Yes. You're going to use more instruments. Correct. But in a GP setting then it's expected that you use as few or you can do it as efficiently as a quickly with, with as few instruments as possible. Right, but I mean, how many scalers do you have in your profi kit? I mean, I, mean, I have nine, but most people... In my profi kit, I have four. Mm-hmm. In my standard scaling kit, I have S8. And then in my SRP kit, I have 15. And that's the thing is that it's but like... most people don't. don't. Right. And so here's one of the other benefits. If you're struggling to get your doc on board to help get you the equipment that you need to be successful to do your job, talk to your dense by Serena rep because they are your ally. Like they really will like partner with you and create some dialogue to help get you the equipment that you need. So that's the other benefit I think too, because you're right, Irene, like we, you know, one Cavatron tip, isn't going to do it's the job. Just like if you were no. given one hand instrument, it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, I mean, right. we we need the mouth is a multifaceted. It's got nooks and crannies everywhere. Like we really need to be mindful of the fact that we're only as good as what's on our tray. Right. And I think like the analogy that I really like when people t- ask their boss, like, OK, well, can you crown prep mm-hmm. an entire mouth with one with burr? One burr. Yep. And it's like, no, you can't. Right. But uh, sometimes it takes 
cheesy Irene analogies. I like Irene analogies. And that's the thing, too. Even like with, with, you know, you're trying to get more equipment in the office. It's like, well, if this burr is dull, like, would you continue drilling with it? Of course you wouldn't, you know? Um, so, you know, you just got to just got to do what you got to do. But I will say. Gotta do what you got to do. Dense bites where she's, but in case anybody's wondering, Irene's got her little Rubik's cube out right now. She's. <laughs> I can tell she's, I'm, am I boring you, Irene? No, I'm just obsessed. <laughs> she's like, I see an unfinished Rubik's cube and I must she has finish, to finish it. It doesn't she's matter a- what moment <laughs> of my life I'm in. Oh my goodness. can't believe I just did that. Oh man. I love um, this journey anywho. for you. No, this was great. All right. Check it out. Check out Dense by Serona. Hey, listen, check out your Dense by Serona rep. And um, if you don't know who your rep is, send me a DM. Slide, in, slide into I'm, my DM, I, I, slide into Irene's DM. We can DM. figure One it out. One of us is going to get you in touch with your DS rep. Tell them that Tooth or Dare sent you and make them do either a Tooth or Dare when they get to the <gasps> Oh my gosh. How great would that be? My that DS be rep is awesome. She would do it. She'd be like, okay, what are we doing? Because <laughs> they're so cool at DS. I love it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Tooth Wither Podcast. We appreciate you, peeps. And until next time, peace out, peeps. Cheers. I'm calling him Shane Jane. Shane, Shane Jane, this. Shane and Jane. <laughs> Sherry. also picking the same key which is amazing <laughs> okay okay bye girls behave bye. <laughs> we'll try <laughs>